The Buffalo Bills safety has come a long way since collapsing on the field during Monday Night Football just six weeks ago. And now another Bills player is down. The 24-year-old surviving sudden cardiac arrest as millions watch live on television. Well, this is the last thing you want to see. Let's go back to January 2nd. How are you feeling before the game and when you were out there? Normal? Super normal. Feeling great. Can you tell me what you remember about the game up until the hit? I remember the things that we were focused on going into the game, just trying to get a win. Just seconds after Hamlin made a typical tackle, he stood up and then suddenly collapsed. You have the hit. You make the tackle. Do you remember standing up after you make that tackle? That's something I don't really want to get too deep into in the details of. The question on so many minds, what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24. Peak physical condition. Could run circles around me right now. <laughs> <laughs> How did doctors describe what happened to you? Um, that's something I want to stay away from. I'm here again with Dr. McCullough and Nurse Kimberly Overton, Nurse Freedom Network. I think what's impressed me and what I wanted to p touch on is, is I heard you talk about um, the other side of what happened to Hamlin. You know, because immediately they came out with but this and that about I don't know the term and all that, but you came with a different understanding of how heart conditions work because you're a heart guy. Sure, I'm a cardiologist and. You know, I was on national TV within 24 hours of this happening. I went on Tucker Carlson's uh, primetime show. And when this first happened, and this young man has a cardiac arrest on the football field, I was astonished that doctors and other people came out and they said that it was because he tackled. It was a blow yeah. to the chest. And then other doctors came out and said, it can't be due to the vaccine. I say, wait a minute, he hasn't said whether or not he's taking the vaccine. So how do the, how do the doctors know it's not due to the vaccine? How, how do they know? So as a cardiologist, uh, you know, I, I watched the game live and I, I watched the, what was going on with the resuscitation. We had previously published in the American Journal of Cardiology in 1998 that, it, you know, if they actually got the resuscitation back on spontaneous circulation within 22 minutes, they were clearly in that parameter. And if we saw a little neuro little motion, and I saw his leg move a little bit on the field, and, and then I had some inside knowledge where somebody I know had taken a picture. The paramedic unit stayed in the tunnel in the stadium for a long time before they went to the medical center. And that told me, you know what they were doing? They were waiting to get his mom out of the stands. So you know what that told me? That told me he was stable enough, that he had a stable blood pressure, he had a stable rhythm, and... They literally just were, you know, he was intubated and they were, you know, bag, uh, bag ventilating him. But they told me he was stable. So when I went on Tucker Carlson the next night, I said, he, he received great resuscitation on the field. I'm sure he's getting great care and he's going to survive. Everyone's like, how do you know? And it's like, because he met all the parameters. And then I went down to the etiology and people say, well, well, you know, it does matter what caused the cardiac arrest. And we quickly ruled out the fact that he tackled somebody. You know, commotio cordis is a problem where like a, a baseball or a hockey puck or a lacrosse ball hits an unprotected sternum at a high velocity and causes a cardiac arrest, about 20 cases in the United States per year. It's never happened in pro football because they have a breastplate protector. So that was quickly ruled out. He had gotten up. He had actually tackled the, uh, the player, got up, was about to celebrate, and then he fell over backwards. That was a primary cardiac arrest, and he was promptly defibrillated. So that told me uh, that was the case. And what I told Tucker is, I said, 
the athletes are screened out for having hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, significant valvular disease. They go through their variety of cardiac tests. So the NFL has got a wonderful cardiovascular safety profile. We don't see cardiac arrests. And what I told him is, and I later on, a week later, I told Laura Ingram this, is there's a straight line historical relationship that all Americans should know. That the White House and the Health and Human Services Department initiated the COVID Community Core Program, which was $13 billion of our taxpayers went to a variety of organizations, churches, the media, Hollywood, and prominently the NFL. Our federal dollars went to the NFL to push the vaccines and mandates early in 2021. June of 2021, the US FDA comes out and says the vaccines cause myocarditis or heart damage. And as a cardiologist, we can't, it's in our guidelines, we can't athlete, let athletes go on the playing field with myocarditis because it can trigger a cardiac arrest. That's the reason why we can't let them play. And so then the NFL, after the uh, FDA announcement, says, well, we're going to have a mandate. And the player association says, well, we don't want this. And they got into a tug of war. And finally, the NFL prevailed. And so the NFL ran vaccine mandates from August of 2021 to March of 2022. And then without any explanation, the NFL drops all mandates, all vaccines, nothing. As if COVID doesn't exist beyond March of 2022. They were having testing protocols. They made such a big deal about COVID. Suddenly in March of 2022, COVID was not a big deal. And the NFL proudly announced 95% of the players were vaccinated. So going on all this, on a more probable than not basis, Damar Hamlin, the young player, he was vaccinated. And that if he was, and there was a, a, a small scar that was formed in the heart, due to myocarditis is what we see clinically uh, in cardiology practice then with the surge of adrenaline on that play it was he was it was it was a perfect uh, storm if you will to allow that cardiac arrest to occur and we've seen this now time and time again athletes all over the world you you just seen i'm gonna tell my kids because that when it happened i said i said to the fact that it looks like he could have been it could have been um you know the, the vaccine and immediate it's like why do you go straight to the vaccine it's because i listen to you and i listen to professionals the people like the nurses and people that are seeing this they're I'm, I'm not listening to news i'm listening to the people that invented the mnra that are working on patients that are treating for a long time i saw that the the adverse events early on in the vaccine rollout i was seeing paralysis from the j and j at bedside i was seeing strokes i was seeing blood clots all of this very early on in the vaccine rollout um so in in Dr. McCullough has said this many times, it's the vaccine until proven otherwise. Why would we not? The, the fact that these are still on the market is hori- It's horrifying. It's horrifying to me. It's a it's safe regulatory stance when there's a novel product introduced in the population to assume it's a problem with the novel product, right? We, we wouldn't want to not make that assumption. We want to be conservative. If, if you have a car that goes off the lot and the car blows up and the, and the driver dies in a, in a horrible fire, you assume there's a safety problem with the car mm-hmm. until proven otherwise. It's the same thing. We're testing out a novel vaccine as it's evolving in the vaccine program. When we do see a blood clot, a stroke, heart damage, and particularly when the FDA says it happens. <laughs> well, we are the placebo. 
I mean, that oh, was... Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, the whole thing is a complete experiment. So when they came out early on and they wanted us to say safe and effective, we would have no way of knowing that. We had no safety data. So any doctor or any nurse who uttered the word safe and effective, in my estimation, should have their licensure stripped. How did you deal with, with when you started knowing all this stuff, knowing the risk of even trying to tell the truth that you're going to lose your license? I think they... Didn't they try to cancel you? I resigned. I, resi I was actually exempted from the mandate. Um, I worked from home at the time because I had left bedsides with the deadly protocols that they were using. So I resigned from my position because, you know, I answer to a much higher authority than the ANA, the CDC, or any of these nursing boards. And I'm not going to utter the words safe and effective. That is not informed consent. And these are people's lives. These are people's lives. And what, no matter what it looks like for me, I haven't worked in a year. I have no income. I don't care. I don't care. One last question. I'll let you go. Um, Speak to the pastors of this country, because to me, this is a, an atrocity against humanity that we've never seen other than the Holocaust and all that. But go, you know, and we're not hearing it from the pulpits. I mean, that's what irritates and makes me angry the most is because I'm listening to you and I'm listening to you and I'm hearing the truth. But then when it gets to the pulpit, we totally ignore it and we're wearing masks. People in church are getting vaccinated by the groves and all this. So speak to the past, the leaders of the sheep, you know, because a lot of the sheep understand. A lot of the sheep. I left the church because I understood. You know, where, speak to that. Speak to help them understand we've got to need the spiritual component of all. I mean, we, we absolutely do. And I, I saw the name of your, is this your podcast, The Remnant Revolution? My my new organization is actually called Remnant Nursing. So I think it's it's interesting that we are, we're really seeing a lot of end time prophecies coming coming true. And I, I, I can't believe that we're where we are in this point in history, but I think that we've all been called to this. I felt very called to this path. I know you do as well, Dr. McCullough. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I think a lot of people are afraid to speak out. If you think about churches, they all have a 5013, uh, they have that status that they are looking to protect. But again, these are people's lives. We have to start speaking up and speaking truth. And people, we need to inspire courage in others. That's what has to happen. Yeah, I think courage is, is a big thing. And I appreciate you guys for stepping out and being the voice that we need. And so just bless you guys very much. Thank for you. What you do. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Remnant Revolution. If you liked what you heard, please leave a comment and rating in iTunes and Google Play. This helps us get heard by more people. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to visit www.remnantrevolution.org to join the conversation, access the show notes, and keep up to date on important events and programming. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Remnant Revolution. Until next time, armor up, stand up, and speak up.